we have my friends lost one of the most influential singer-songwriters in country music. And this happened recently. Mac Davis has passed away at the age of 78. Mac was a very, very talented singer-songwriter. He wrote a lot of classics that he recorded himself. He wrote hits for Elvis Presley as well. And there are some songs that were released that a lot of us I know can remember at one time or another. So we're going to spend our time on this podcast, pretty much all of it, remembering Mac the best way I know how to do it, through his music. I even have a song ready to go for our Get Us Out of Here song for this broadcast. So we're ready to go to do this. Remembering Mac Davis here on the New Directions podcast, and we will begin right after this. I've been looking at different ways to make this New Directions podcast more interactive for everybody, and I came across a new way to do that that I wanted to tell you about. It's called the New Directions Podcast Group. You'll find it on my page, which is at facebook.com slash rkc70. When you look under groups, I invite you to consider joining us. We could have a very, very informative group discussion about certain things that have been discussed on the show, suggest some things that we could talk about, and just basically get to know each and every person from each and every walk of life. So, if you are a fan of this show, first of all, thank you. And if you enjoy the show again, thank you. But I would like to invite you to join me on the Facebook, on the New Directions Podcast Facebook page and join our group so that we can have a lot more fun and make this show even more interactive than any podcast has ever gone, has ever been before. The New Directions Podcast group, and I hope you can join me on the, in this group very soon. To make this official... Here's the word on what happened with Mac Davis from rockhistorymusic.com. Country pop singer Mac Davis has died. He was 78. I'm John Bowden from Rock History Music. As a kid, I remember Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me. It's one of those songs that, to this day, sounds good, stood the test of time. But did you not find yourself singing along to that song when you were younger? It was recently announced that he had heart surgery. And long before we knew his name, he was writing hits for people like Elvis in the ghetto. Don't Cry Daddy, Something's Burning in 1970 for Kenny Rogers in the first edition. Mac Davis was such a likable guy. Anytime you'd see him on TV, he always seemed and came across as someone you'd want to get to know. He always had that smirk, that smile on his face. And you know that wink in his eye. Remember the Mac Davis show between 1974 to 1976? He made his acting debut in North Dallas 40, right along with Nick Nolte. Let's take a look at some of his country hits. Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me peaked at number 26 on the U.S. country charts, but was a number one song on the pop charts. The 
following year, your side of the bed was a minor hit, reaching number 36. And its follow-up was Kiss It and Make It Better, topic at number 29. Also in that same position in 1975, Rock and Roll, I Gave You the Best Years of My Life. Burnin' Thing reaching number 31 in the latter part of that year. Forever Lovers at number 17 in 1976. And he had great success in the 80s. Just a few top 10 hits. It's hard to be humble. Let's keep it that way. Texas in my rearview mirror. Hooked on music. And you're my bestest friend. And we did see him on the big and little screen an awful lot. It was his likability factor. And his ability to sort of bring his... Very cool, soft, funny persona on the screen that gave him a whole other acting career. As mentioned, North Dallas 40 in 79, The Sting 2 in 83, 1996, For My Daughter's Honor, followed by Possums, Angels Dance, The Dukes of Hazard, Hazard in Hollywood, Murder, She Wrote, even did SpongeBob SquarePants, 4D, and a lot of specials on TV. Of course, he was a frequent guest on The Johnny Cash Show. He had his own Mac Davis specials, lots of Christmas specials, a stint on The Muppet Show, Webster, Dolly, The Beverly Hillbillies. He was a guest on Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, King of the Hill. Whenever I'd see Mac Davis on screen, he would put a smile on my face. Bar everything else, I'd always go, I like that guy. He was like your favorite uncle, the one who'd come in and everyone would gather around him for stories, for jokes. There's someone who gave us an awful lot. And versatility is a big thing. You don't want to be a one-trick pony in entertainment. He just learned new crafts. Ever meet him? Ever work with him? Ever see him in concert? Your favorite songs? It's up to you. Make sure you comment on our videos, subscribe to our channel, and share our videos. I'm John Bowden. This is Rock History Music. John, thank you very much for filling in, filling in the rest of the blanks and also sharing your own experiences of the man, the myth, the legend that was Mac Davis. A lot of songs he had let he had completed and made into hits. We're going to start with one that's kind of personal to me because when I put together my second sermon in 2018, which was called "Seeing God's Full Picture," this particular song came to mind as a way of introducing the sermon a little bit. To start our tribute to Mac Davis, here he is with, here he will be here in another six seconds with a song called Stop and Smell the Roses. Give me a second for this to go, to get up here. Four, three, two, one. And now here's the song.
I had not had the opportunity to hear Mac's version of this Elvis Presley classic. He wrote the song In the Ghetto for Elvis, and if memory serves me right, that song even became a hit for him. And as I said, I had never heard Mac's version of this song. I'm about to, along with you. That's a very good version of that one. From 1972, that was Mac within the ghetto. Let me see something. Well, here we go. Let's try this one. Mac, in this clip, told a story on the man he wrote that song for, Elvis Presley. Let me get this one up and going here. Just a second. The Music Road Show. Tell us about that. I love that story. Well, I, I don't know if uh, it's the same story that I'm going to tell, but uh, yeah, I, I was playing a concert in um, in West Memphis at a small college there, West Memphis, uh, across the Arkansas line, mm -hmm. and I get a phone call. Uh, my road manager says, you know, Elvis, a guy called up and wants you to come 
see a movie with him after the show tonight. He rented the Memphian Theater. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, really, man? Because I'd heard, you know, all my life about these theater things. And he would rent the whole theater and, and uh, free popcorn and beer. And, you know, it's just like, wow, I don't can't believe it. And say, oh, I'm going to sit with him. And I had met him. You know, I met him uh, before that. But I'd never really, you know, got to go out and boogie with Elvis. I mean, this is cool. So I showed up there and uh, uh, got me some popcorn and a beer and uh, walked in. I was a little late. The thing was just getting started. And I walked down the aisle and I see Elvis sitting down there, just him and Linda Thompson. Yep. It was his young girlfriend. And uh, I just walked straight down to that row and I just stepped over the guy at the end of the thing said, excuse me. And I just walked in, plopped down next to Linda Thompson and Elvis is on the other side. And he had this silver tray. It was made especially to hook over the seat in front of him. Set out beautiful, hand-carved wow. silver tray. And he had his popcorn and his beer sitting on it. And I thought, man, this is cool. And I sat there and watched the movie with him. And it was the first time I'd been able to really sit and talk to him because the rest of the time you'd be around him and the Memphis Mafia was just surrounding him, you know. And right. it was really intimidating because every word you They'd hang on every word, and you'd be afraid you'd say the wrong thing or something. Wow. And uh, they uh, they really didn't want you to get that close to Elvis, I guess, and, uh, to be part of that inner circle. But I felt like part of the inner circle. And we laughed, and he was fun to be around, and we laughed at the movie. It was kind of a silly movie anyway, and we made fun of it. Uh, it was just really comfortable. I was so happy to be there. I felt like such an important guy. I got up just before the movie was over to go to the men's room. And I'm standing there, and a guy comes walking in, the kid that I'd stepped over at the at the end of the row. And he said, Mr. Davis, you're not supposed to sit on the same row with Elvis. And I said, excuse me? I said, you're not supposed to sit on the same row. Red West and Sunny West don't even sit. You notice they sit two rows back. And I said, did Elvis tell you to, to come in here and tell me that? And he said, no, sir. He said, that's just the rule. And, I, and I'm and i supposed to tell you that. And uh, uh, I, I didn't want to embarrass you. Uh, well, I said, you've embarrassed me. You have totally insulted me. And I got really, really incensed about the whole thing. It just irritated me. And when I walked back out of the place, well, the movie was over, and Elvis was standing out there. And, uh, he says, what's the matter, man? He could tell I was mad. I said, just I just want somebody to tell me how to get back to my hotel from here, because I, I I don't know, and I had a rental car. And um, he said, uh, well, what's the matter, man? And uh, I can't imitate that, so I wish I could. <laughs> what's the matter, man? That's pretty good. There you said, go. Uh, I said, I just, uh, I don't need to tell you. I just said, you know, you, you just don't understand what goes on around you. I don't think you have any idea what goes on around you when you're not looking. He said, what do you mean, man? I said, I was just told that I couldn't sit on the same row with you that I'd made it made me feel like a fool is what he said. Oh, man, who told you that, man? I said, it doesn't matter who told me. Somebody told me. It, and, you know, and I just, uh, you know, it just makes me feel bad. And uh, he says, man, tell me who did it. I said, no, I'm not going to tell you who did it. He said, well, what can I do to make it better, man? I said, I don't know. Give me your home number. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, Charlie Hodge, give back my home number. Charlie says, what? <laughs> what number? What number? He says, 
My home number, the one I answer at the house. I don't know what that is. What is it? <laughs> Charlie, Charlie says, I, I, you don't want it. I can't do that. He said, give him my home number. So Charlie turns to Joe Esposito, who was the boss, and he said, Elvis wants me to give him the home number. And Joe says, well, then give it to him. So he writes it down on the matchbook cover and gave it to him. I said, I'll probably never call it, but at least I feel better about having him come in here and made a fool of myself. I wow. Said, he said, well, I'm sorry, man. I said, okay, whatever. I said, I'll probably never call him. And I never did. Never called him at home. And over the years, I, you know, I've been, I went to his home a few times and was there and uh, uh, met up with him in the dressing room a few times. And uh, in, in his suite, <laughs> the Elvis suite, which was fantastic, uh, over the top, nothing like red flock wallpaper, black toilet fixtures, <laughs> nothing like that. And uh, I had that in my house right sure, now. Yeah. Yes, oh, everything was all the toilet, you know, the toilet bowl and the sink and all was black marble oh. and the red and black flocked wallpaper. Man. And so in that day, man, I thought it was so cool. It's pretty gauche, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, but anyway, that's that was the deal. And I, I still, I kept his phone number in my phone book for years after he passed away. Mm. Just to have it there. Just to, to have it, yeah. Yeah. So hey, we, we got to take a break. We're here with Mac Davis. We got a lot more great stories and some more music. So stick around. You're listening to the Music Row Show. Well, I think I'm going to take care of that music right now. Because the first song that I think people would associate with Mac Davis would be this particular one. One that he recorded in the 70s and it became a classic. This was dated from the old Midnight Special show from February of 1973. Here's Mac with his probably signature song. Many had been several different outlets that I would hear this. The song's called Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me. Warm where you touch me. 
From the Midnight Special Show from the early 1970s, that was Mac with Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me. More memories, mostly in music, with Mac Davis on the other side of this break. Would you like an early Christmas gift idea? This is Terry Runyon from the New Directions podcast with a suggestion involving shirts. Bonfire.com, I've I've gone together with Bonfire.com to expand the shirt line for you. I have them available for both men's and women's in all sizes. I have a premium selling for $24.99. I have a classic at $23.99. The sweatshirt is at $35.99. It's a crew neck sweatshirt. I have a tri-blend t-shirt at $28.99. The women's are at $24.99. The v-neck, $24.99 as well. The comfort colors, and there were a bunch of them to choose from, are available for $27.99. So the price range is between $23.99 all the way up to the sweatshirt price, which again is at $35.99. They're all available from bonfire.com and I invite you to check them out whenever you can. One of my favorites of Max was a song that he released. Trying to get the year on this, I cannot. Oh, I cannot. The song is called Texas in My Rearview Mirror. I cannot find the year. I'm just going to play the song. Here he is. I was just 15 and out of control. Lost to James Dean and rock and roll. I knew down deep in the country so that I had to get away. Hollywood was a lady in red Who danced in my dreams as I tossed in bed I knew I'd wind up in jail a day 
mistake. I thought happiness was love, love, Texas in the rearview mirror. keep it going that was texas in my rearview mirror from the stop and smell the roses album the song that he wrote for elvis another one here's his version of memories i'm a songwriter you know back in the late uh, 60s 
Elvis had become restless, and he was tired of releasing the same old weary soundtrack music from his movies. He wanted to perform again, connect with his fans face to face. He let it be known that he was looking for some new material and some new writers. I guess I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Now, we ended up with three million sellers in a row in the ghetto. Um, thank you. Don't cry, Daddy. And this one, which is aptly titled for this show. Now, given the number of songs that Mac Davis wrote and recorded through the years, I am going to level with you, my friends. It is not going to be easy to get them all. So, what I'm trying to do is focus the most on the hits. There are two more I wanted to play for you this segment. The first one I have ready right now it's a song that I had originally that I had originally heard him sing on a CMA show that he hosted, I believe, 
with Barbara Mandrell. The song is from 1984. Here's Mac Davis with You're My Bestest Friend. Perhaps this one could be my favorite of his. This is a song that uh, is very, very crazy, perhaps even to begin with. He recorded this song in 1980, and let's just say I think that I'd pick something else that was a favorite. Wrong-o. It's this one. Here is Mac from 1980 with It's Hard to Be Humble. Back a few months ago, I was headlining great big nightclub. And he put me up a couple of days early. I came in a couple of days early. They put me up in what they call the Star Suite. Now here I am, headlining in one of the biggest nightclubs in the country and I wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning in this star suite all by myself that's what I said all but I did what I've always done man. cheer myself up I picked up my guitar I sat down wrote me a little song now this is how it feels to be alone at the top of the hill trying to figure out why oh lord it's hard to be Perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror. 
1980, Mac Davis with, oh Lord, it is hard to be humble. We lost him at age 78. We'll be right back. In Kansas City Magazine, in their October edition, has come up with a list of sandwiches that I was kind of curious about. So we're going to take a look at that on our next edition of this show. Please join us next week when we are ready to do just that. Final thought this evening for this particular show comes from Mr. Charlie Daniels. And it is a prayer. Lord, help us to be thankful for waking up this morning for every breath, every heartbeat, for our sight, our hearing, our ability to taste and feel, to walk and talk for clean water, sufficient food, the opportunity you bless us with to make our lives better each day. And with that, that's going to wind things up with the special edition of the New Directions podcast. Thank you for being with me as always. As we remember once again, Mac Davis, who passed away at the age of 78. Thank you for being with me as always. See you when we talk about sandwiches the next time. Until then, one final memory from Mac, something that he believed in and I very definitely do today. To get us out of here, here he is one more time, this time with I Believe in Music. Just long enough to sing along